What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another week of Kingdom Keys. You're back with your host, Maurice Elston, Nate Christensen, and Prince Carter from Arrowhead Pride. Another week where we we dive into some keys to victory. This week, of course, the Chiefs are on bye week, so we're going to switch it up a little bit and just talk about some of the games that, that we see coming this wild card weekend. Thankfully, the Chiefs are not in the wild card game. But we'll, we'll, we'll go through some of those games, some of the outcomes that we think are happening. We'll talk about what we think is the best matchup or the most fearful matchup for the Kansas City Chiefs going into the next round. So let's start here, fellas. What do you how do you all see this wild card weekend going for the AFC matchups right now? Nate, we'll jump over to you. How do you see the AFC matchups look? Uh yeah, so I think we're all we can talk about these games a little bit, but I think we're all in agreement that the Bengals and the Bills are probably both gonna win pretty easily. It's like yeah. two has already been ruled out for the Dolphins, and it doesn't sound like Lamar is going to play this week. It doesn't even sound like Tyler Huntley is like a guaranteed play this week. I know last week's game kind of got close in the second half. I thought the Bengals were shutting it down. I didn't think they were giving like a hundred percent effort that they needed to. So we could spend a little bit of time on those, but I don't think those games are interesting. I think the game that's interesting is Chargers Jaguars. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, kind of just piggybacking off what you said, I, I think it, it's pretty interesting. We're talking about the Chiefs getting the bye. I think the biggest thing to just remember is like part of the privilege of earning the bye is not risking injury. The biggest thing for those Bengals-Bills game is that they get out of them healthy. Um, you know, there could be a playoff altering injury in there. You know, something co- happens to Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, or players like that. That's that, that could be the big difference in it. So, you know, those teams are NFL teams. They'll still give them a fight. Um, you've got the divisional element of the Dolphins and the Bills. But, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily see there being any issues in either one of those games. It's hard to see an outcome unless it's just one of those fluky, you know, four turnover games. The refs make some bad calls and the Dolphins somehow win 14-13 type of thing. But, yeah, I mean, game of the AOC is definitely the, uh, the Chargers-Jags. And, I mean, someone described this as hipster football which I completely agree. Like these are both two franchises that like people have been calling for forever to be good and kind of are finally a little bit. Um, I, some of my initial thoughts on this game are, I, I think on paper, you look at this, the chargers should win this game. The chargers have more talent. The chargers have the better quarterback. They have the better defense, but there are just, there are some things that are just hard to overcome with the chargers and some of it is the, the decisions that are made by Brandon Staley. Some of it's Justin Herbert. Like, will Justin Herbert turn into glorified Alex Smith in this game like he does at times, where his average depth of target is like negative one yards because he's just dumping it off to Austin Eckler? Um, is the defense going to show up in this game? Um, the Chargers' pass defense is seventh in the NFL, a very good pass defense, and they're also one of the worst rush de- defenses in the NFL. So you could see a scenario where Travis Etienne gets going, and Doug Peterson's a great coach. Um, I, to me, the one thing that like stands out about this game 
is I just don't think the Jags have a very good pass rush. We talked about them whenever they came into Kansas City. They do not have a lot of guys who go and sack the quarterback. I'm not going to knock them for the game against Josh Dobbs. That's a divisional game. The Chiefs literally got dragged down in the mud with Malik Willis. It happens. But they just I just don't have the confidence in them getting to Justin Herbert on a consistent enough basis. And whether Mike Williams plays or not, um, I, I'm just not sure that the Chargers or the Jags have enough to slow down the Chargers on offense. I agree with all that. And, like, I when I kind of look at playoff matchups, I kind of separate, like, roster and coaching. And I do think Doug Peterson has a major advantage over Brandon Staley from, like, the head coaching sense. But for all the talk about Brandon Staley, he is a good defensive coach. He always has really good game plans, especially against some of the better offenses in the league. So that's all they really need to lean on this week because they have such a talent advantage. They have the better quarterback. They have the better defensive line. They have the better pass defense. If Williams and Keenan Allen are healthy, they have better receivers. So there's not a lot like the Jaguars can really do to make up that gap unless Doug Peterson just has some like insanely good game plan. And I don't think that's really possible with what with how good of a coach defensively Brandon Staley is. His, his head coach is a little more up and down, I would say, but – Overall, I think if the Chargers, as long it's the Chargers, so who knows what's going to happen with them. But as long as they like play a B, B-plus game, I don't think there's a lot the Jaguars can really do. I, I know there's a lot of excitement for this matchup. I really don't think it's going to be that great of a game, unfortunately. Um, I just think like even this recent start from the Jaguars, I hadn't been that impressed. Like, they're, they're playing better, but they haven't really like played – as anyone that I think can really make like a playoff run at all. I mean, personally, I would love to play the Jaguars next week. I think that would be a matchup the Chiefs would just destroy them in Arrowhead. But I just I can't get there without the Chargers do kind of have uh, everything's coming together well for them in a certain sense, which it'll probably come crashing down for them like it always does. But for this week, I I think they can pull it out. I'm 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 leaning more towards the Jags. Um, is this something about the Chargers that it just feels like Herbert at times can look like one of the best quarterbacks in the league? And then is at times it just looks like Herbert, what are you doing? And he may he makes costly mistakes in my opinion. Do is, is Mike Williams good to go? Um, well, he had a back contusion, and remember, this game's played on Saturday, so right. yesterday was kind of their Thursday practice. Missing Thursday practice is a pretty significant practice to miss. Mike Williams did not play. Um, additionally, I'm not going to like name a source, and I'm not claiming to have sources, but I know someone who knows Mike Williams, and he says that Mike, it's 50-50 if he's going to go. Um, yeah. So they, I think that's huge. Yeah, I, if he, I mean, if he can't go <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, because Keenan Allen's not a backbreaker. And I mean, to your point, Maurice, there's this narrative going around Twitter that the poor old injured Chargers just, you know, they had nothing on the field when they faced the Jaguars in week three. That's kind of like we're spinning the web of what actually happened in that game. The Chargers, they did not have J.C. Jackson because of their genius decision to play him with a bum ankle again and get cooked by Justin Watson in week two. So they didn't have J.C. Jackson. They didn't have Keenan Allen. Here are the other players who were on the field for that game. Mike Williams, Jalen Guyton, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, Justin Herbert, Rashawn Slater got injured in this game about halfway through it, and that's where he got his bicep injury. This was not the, the poor little injured Chargers that got housed by the Jags. Now, I do agree that, like, 
Week three was a long time ago, and the Chargers are a different team than they were week three. But this was also not the situation where it's like, well, they just didn't have their players. Now they have their players, right? I, I mean, I completely see it. Also, the Chargers have beat a single playoff team this year, the Dolphins, as they were in their terrible skid. And I still contend that the Dolphins could have won that game if they just would have run the freaking ball instead of trying to turn Tua into prime Peyton Manning for some reason in that game. They have .7 or plus seven point differential. That's it as far as the Chargers as a whole. So, you know, I, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm leaning Jags, but only because if we know one thing about wildcard weekend, there's going to be a game that's kind of an upset. To me, it would be more of an upset for the Jags to beat the Chargers, considering the coronation, as usual, from the media of the Chargers. And also, I just think, I think that the Chargers have a couple of plays in them that are going to be backbreakers, whether it be turnovers, whether it be a blown coverage or something like that. I agree with Nate, though. I'm not sure this is going to be a great game to watch. I think it's going to be an interesting game to watch, but I think we're all going to be like, oh, this is the best game of the week. And then we sit down and we're like, oh, it's 3 nothing after at halftime. Like, like it's like, oh, this is kind of like how that Jags-Titans game was, too. It was all exciting. It's like, this is a hideous game to watch. But, yeah, I'll, I'll roll with the Jags. I think it'll be close. I could completely see a situation where the Chargers win, but I'll take the Jags in this one. Yeah. In fairness to the Chargers, that was when Herbert had his ribs. That was the week after that. Yeah. Hey, and, 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 and Bosa and, didn't and, leave the game, but he was also he got hurt last week too. That's kind of the problem with Joey Bosa. <laughs> well, and I mean, here's the thing too. This is this is part of the reason why you pick the Jags. Right. Who put injured Justin Herbert in that game when they have one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league? Down like thirty. Yeah, Brandon Staley. This is what he does, right? Like head coach, like. Ask Broncos I mean, last fans. week, why did he play his starters? Now yeah. Mike Williams is out in a game that didn't matter. Ask Broncos fans about how important the head coach position is. He will be better the second coaching job he gets than the first one. That's like I think he's made so many mistakes now. I think he uh, – we'll see if he keeps this job or not. I mean, personally, if, if I could get Sean Payton, I would do that. Yeah, like, absolutely. I just think that would be – I mean, that's no that'd be a tremendous hire, but – um, I do. I do think Staley is like not like the dumbest head coach in the league. Like I think he's just fine, but there are certainly like times where it's just like, what are you doing? Like, why are you like overthinking this so much? It seems like he's just kind of in his head sometimes. And I just think that aspect there of him and then Herbert prone to make mistakes bad, bad at the wrong time. You know, because honestly, you know, week two they was on the route of uh, 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 the way to probably beating the Chiefs in week two. And Herbert just throws an oh, yeah, sure. pass, you know, they got returned for a pick six. And, and he's known to do that. Like, I think he's a great quarterback that has to overcome that. And I, I, I think if the Jags run the football and don't try to, you know, turn, you know, their quarterback and Trevor Lawrence into, you know, happen to pass 40-something times and they stick to the ground game a little bit and have a balanced attack – I think that they have enough intangibles in place to beat. If it's a low-scoring game, I'm going to lead towards the Jags. I think if it gets high-scoring, it's going to favor the Chargers in, in that aspect. But I, I expect it to be a defensive battle starting off, and I think eventually uh, Doug Peterson's experience here come, comes into play, and he finds a way to get this done. And that's I hope he finds a way to get this done. If the Jaguars <laughs> are going to win, that's what you mentioned is the exact way to win because that's that would be my like game plan in a certain sense of like, Let's get to the fourth quarter, and Doug Peterson's going to outcoach Brandon Staley. Like that's that's mm-hmm. a given for me. Doug Peterson is an absolutely great coach. I think that's like kind of your goal is like if we can get to the fourth quarter within three or seven points, I think Jaguars can win at that point. I just I don't I can't see it. I can't get there yet. 
Yeah, I think, you know, a couple of players just to mention here are going to be Evan Ingram. The Chargers, you know, we've seen their struggles against the tight end position. Um, Evan Ingram's quietly had a really great season for the Jags. I could see that playing a factor in there. And also, I, you know, I know that Brandon Staley wasn't the coach of the Chargers, but you know that Doug Peterson knows how to get ready for the Chargers and their personnel. He's done that before. Um, There is a certain familiarity there. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I think like, you know, the only path that I see the Jags winning this game is if they're able to kind of muck up the game and keep it close and that type of stuff. If it, it like Nate said, if it's a high scoring affair, I'm gonna lean Chargers. Yeah, I, I'm kind, I'm kind of in agreement here. I, which one would y'all rather see the Chiefs play? Jags. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitively the Jags, right? I mean, the Chiefs housed them and were negative three in the turnover differential. Justin uh, or Trevor Lawrence just hasn't really shown a propensity to show great against pressure. The Chiefs have been getting good pressure. And additionally, it's hard to beat a team three times in a year. And um, the Chargers have designated Rashawn Slater back for practice. So that, that just helps them even more. He's not going to play this week, but could play next week if they were to come into Arrowhead. So, and I mean, here's the thing too: the part of the thing with the Chargers is like they they they're a different team every week. The if they played the way they play against the Chiefs every week, they'd be you know twelve or thirteen wins. They seem to push the ball down the field and just are this different team. So, and Lord knows they'll have a lot of motivation, but we'll see. Cross that bridge when we come to it. I'll take the Dolphins if if I get my choice. I'll take the the uh, Skylar Thompson Dolphins, please. Is there any way the Dolphins compete in this game against the Bills? No, but I think the Ravens – like, I know I said I think the Bengals are going to win, but I actually think – like, I could see the Ravens keeping it sort of close because their defense yeah. is really good. But, like – The defense is good. The Dolphins' defense is not good, especially against Josh Allen. Like, they they would have to, like – I don't think Skylar Thompson's an NFL quarterback. I don't think he can score more than 10 to 13 points. He, Dolphins' defense is not good enough to hold the Bills to that. Could see the Ravens' defense holding the Bengals down, though. I, I just see I, 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 if if the coach if if he can find a way to not put all the pressure on on Skyler and get the ball quickly into a Tyreek Hill or Waddle's hands, that's his best bet. Is not trying to run the deep routes where he's gonna take Skyler a lot of reads and hunt hanging on to the ball. But if he can scheme ways like some way somehow, Tyreek and Waddle need to have ten touches apiece if they stand any chance. I've got, um, you know, I, I've got some things. If you're a Chiefs fan, you're watching these games. Obviously, you're watching the Bills game. You're obviously hoping that somehow the Dolphins pulled off, right? Probably not likely, but there's there's some things if you're a Chiefs fan, you should watch that game for. And one of the things you need to watch that game for is to see if these Josh Allen turnovers that have plagued him quite a bit lately continue, or if this was just him trying to win MVP. If he was out there trying to win MVP and throw for all the touchdowns, if he's continuing to turn the ball over and is just turning into – um, the bowl in the China closet, Josh Allen, that is just like run the ball. I, I think that's still a point of weakness for them, right? Uh, I, I think that that's something that's interesting to watch because if he's turned the ball over against that Dolphins defense, that's not a particularly great secondary or pass rush. Right. Additionally, um, and something to really watch if you're a Chiefs fan, the the Bengals have now lost the pretty much the entire, entire right side of their offensive line. Well, Collins is down for the year. Alex Kappa is now out as well. Those were two of the biggest pieces that were the upgrade on that line. The pass rush for the the Ravens isn't great, 
but it's a good defense and they have quite a few they've, they've just done a pretty good job they're honestly quite like the bills where they've just stacked veterans and second round picks and there's not one standout like a chris jones or a micah parsons but there's a lot of just like five sack guys on that defensive line if the Bengals are starting to struggle to move the ball they haven't run the ball very well here lately pretty much since that chiefs game um they've quietly struggled to run the ball that was another strength of that offensive line if they're vulnerable there again that starts making it the path a lot easier for any team facing either one of those teams so just you know some light scouting for you to do as you're sitting there watching those games and the ravens can run the ball and i think um and i think they'll be able to run the ball again against the Bengals. like i think the Bengals can can be had in the run game of, the, of their run defense i think they keep it close um each game they played this year of course the first game lamar was there and when they when they beat the Bengals, but it was a close game this last game, like like Nate said, I think the, the Bengals throttled it down a little bit the second half, had no reason to really press once the game was kind of in control. But um, and it's, it would it, be a coaching battle. You know, it, it's hard to go out there. It doesn't seem like Lamar is even really trying to push himself to play, honestly. <laughs> I think, I think it's Atlanta, it's like, Atlanta Falcons quarterback Lamar Jackson to you, sir. Detroit Lions. <laughs> Some, somewhere else. That's all. Yeah. We definitely know that. So I'm, I'm interested. I think if Miami can get the ball into their playmakers' hands quick, I don't, I don't expect them to beat the Bills, but maybe a miracle could happen. Um, I think the Ravens have a better chance of beating the Bengals than the Dolphins have at beating the Bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, real quick, before we kind of like switch over to the NFC side, just quick question. So NFL announced that if the Bills and Chiefs do make the AFC Championship game, it'll be played in Atlanta. Just your quick like one minute thought on it being in Atlanta. Uh, I did, I'm glad it's in a dome. That's all I cared about. Personally, like I don't really the location didn't matter as long as it was in a dome. I'm I'm not gonna be able to go to the game, so I really didn't care where it was. So I just like when they were when people were saying like Soldier Field, I was like I just thought that was insane. Or like uh, like yeah. the big house in Michigan. It's like what like what are we doing here? But I don't think those are like actually ever going to happen. So I'm glad it's in a dome. That's all I cared about. Yeah, it was kind of same thing when people was mentioning like. Soldier Field, and somebody was like, uh, Green Bay, Pittsburgh. And I'm like, no, like, we, t- we, like, if we're trying to make it as neutral as possible, to me, it had to be a dome because that eliminates a weather factor mm-hmm. from, from any way possible, right? I mean, both of these teams can play in cold weather, both have done it because, I mean, January is not a cakewalk in Kansas City, and neither is, is, is it in Buffalo. But, um, I ho- I'm gonna try to go down that ladder. We'll, 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 we'll see how that works or how that works out. But I don't think it favors either team. I think it makes it neutral. One thing you know, Bills and Chiefs fan travel well. So I I, I, I think both teams will will travel there and be there pretty pretty good. Um, but I, re- I really don't feel like it's going to bother, bother either one of them. I, I think you're going to get a great game down in Atlanta either way. And I think definitely for Chiefs, I mean, for from Kansas City, it's, it's not even a hard drive. So I think you'll see a lot of Chiefs fans show up down in Atlanta for it. Yeah, you know, I thought uh, they did a fairly job of keeping it neutral. Um, you know, there was some talk of Pittsburgh, which is a pretty pretty sizable advantage for Buffalo as far as the commute goes. I mean, if we're going to put it in Pittsburgh, let's just put it up here at Liberty North High School. I mean, it's only like five <laughs> minutes from my place. Let's go. But, um, you know, they did, they did a pretty good job of keeping it neutral. Um, the, the, the turf is interesting, right? The indoor, it's, it feels like, 
the NFL knows that if this game does happen, it's going to be a spectacle. I mean, what's what's the over under on that game before you have to take the under or the you know like oh God. <laughs> 60, 60? Like I remember the over yeah. under for the Bills Chiefs or not Bills Chiefs Rams Chiefs Monday Night Football the game you know that we all talk about fifty four fifty one the over under for that game was fifty four and a half I remember it and wow. people were like really debating it and it cashed in the third quarter. You know, so like the over under, like if they would have set it at 100, it wouldn't have it would it would have hit, you know, so 60, 65. I don't know. That, that'd be crazy. Yeah, for those two teams on turf. At, yeah. On, on turf with 60, I, I still probably might take the over. I think both mm-hmm. both Bills and Chiefs both score above 30 because they both get chances that they normally don't take against other teams because they realize I have to score it here. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Last question, AFC question. You get you get your pick. Bills in Atlanta, Bengals in Arrowhead. Which are you taking? Bengals. I, I'm I'm a little skeptical with the Bengals still. I know they've beat us like three times, but man, I just have a hard time believing they're gonna beat us four times in a row. And like I don't want to play Josh Allen personally. Like Josh Allen's the only quarterback, in my opinion, that can like rival Patrick Mahomes in a game. Like as good as Joe Burrow is, and I have a ton of respect for what he's done against the Chiefs. Like if it gets in a shootout, I don't think the Bengals are going to be able to keep up with us. And they, the Bengals are a lot like I don't know. They're they're kind of like the mini Patriots, where it's just like I don't really feel like they just like overwhelm us like in any way. They just win like situational football. They've done that three games in a row. At some point, that has to go back into Chiefs' favor at some point. Obviously, the home element is good. Like, if there's one team that I could would say that can comfortably score with the Chiefs, it's the Bills. And they're getting Micah Hyde back, potentially. That's a that's a huge addition, too. And the Bengals are losing guys right now. So, give me the Bengals. I, I'm still a little skeptical. Like I said, I don't think they're going to beat the Bills uh, anyways. But, yeah, give me the Bengals. Yeah, I take the Bengals in a heartbeat. I mean, each they, they they beat us three times in a row. Each time it's been by three points. Um, and we turned the ball over the last game and missed a field goal that last game that could have easily put us in position and a Travis Kelsey fumble, you know, that that really hurt us against the Bengals. That put them up by three points. In an AFC championship game last last year where they beat us by three points again. We've seen we have to have a half of a Patrick Mahomes we haven't ever seen for them to beat us by three points, right? <laughs> like, so I, I really don't feel like I mean, and look where we was up. I don't think if we get a lead like that again on the Bengals team, that that we would give that up again. You know, in in that regard, I, I think we're a better team than the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I just think overall we're a better team. Now, kind of like Nate, 
the Bills is different. I feel like it's a shootout where, in a sense, whoever has the ball last is going to going to win that game. And I like the fact that if we play another the Bengals, we don't have to account for Josh Allen running the ball. So I think that's, that that kills us at least twice a game against the Bills. Josh Allen makes a big play with his legs. I don't want to have to really face again. So I'll take at home against the Bengals. Yeah, you guys stole most of my points. So, you know, I don't really have a lot. The only thing I'm going to say is I don't want to get in between the NFL, uh, the hand of God, wherever you say. I don't want to get in between the DeMar Hamlin situation and the Buffalo Bills and get into the Super Bowl. Um, I, you know, I'm not NFL's rigged or anything like that. But if there's a questionable D- DPI or something like that, I do. I have zero faith in that going the Chiefs way. And also, like, I'm talking about, you know, bias and things like that. But, I mean, real talk. The Buffalo Bills have a lot to play for here, right? And like right. they've got they've that you can really see the picture. Like they were the team that was picked to do it. They kind of stumbled down the road. They lost quite a few just really kind of weird fluky games. They're getting healthy. They have something to play for. They have this mentality of, "Oh, they took the one seed from us even though they canceled a game that they could have played in." I mean, like why could they have not played that, that game this weekend? But never mind, that's a dead horse that's definitely been beaten to death. But yeah, I mean, the the one thing I'll say about the Bengals is that it, even this game in Cincinnati, it felt like the Chiefs kind of thought it was still a fluke. From the comments that they talked about, you know, we just got to go out there and not beat ourselves and all those things. And Justin Reed, they they really thought that they just fluked into two losses to that team. There's no doubt in my mind that they take them for real this time and are going to put their best game on the field like they would against the Buffalo Bills. And I think the most underrated part about the one seed is, is I just don't think the Chiefs had enough gas in the tank to finish the deal against the second half in the Bengals because they left everything on the field against the Bills. The Bills and Bengals have to go through that game, and the Chiefs do not. And while the Chargers or the Jags are going to give the Chiefs hell, if they go out there and play their game, they should win those games. And that's that's the difference, right? And it, that may very well be the case. Like, I, you know, I tweeted this out a long time ago that, like, the difference in going to the Super Bowl and the AFC might just be not having to face Justin Herbert Josh Allen and Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Like anyone who has to face two of those quarter or three of those quarterbacks could be the difference. Absolutely. So let, 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 let's jump to the NFC here real quick and, and just give our quick thoughts on that. So uh, Saturday we got the Seahawks in the 49ers. Niners, oh. huge, terrible matchup for the Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, here's the thing. The only thing I'll say, like, this week could really all be chalk as far as like the favorites win. I don't really consider, um, you know, these four and five matchups, they're not really underdog situations. But like for most of these games, it could all be chalk. The only thing I'll say is, hey, the Brock Purdy thing, it's been a really cool story. And I understand that Kyle Shanahan does not ask much of his QBs, but this is his first playoff game. I know it's Geno Smith's first playoff game too, but this is his first real playoff game. He's a rookie, seventh round, never played a game that really mattered at Iowa State as far as the Big 12 goes, like, the other shoe could drop at some point, right? Like, you could absolutely see a game where it's 10-13 in the fourth quarter and the Seahawks have the ball with a chance to go up 10. You know, like, I I completely see that being possible between the familiarity of the teams. Um, The only thing I will say is, like, you know, like Nate hit on, it's a bad matchup. Like, Geno Smith does not like that pressure that the 49ers bring. That defense is, you know, the, the Seahawks... It's going to be tough for them to score. So I could see it. Pete Carroll's a great coach. Divisional rivals, there's that familiarity. So that's the one, like, if there was a true upset, I could see that happening. Because, I mean, the 49ers are not 
like let's yes they've made it to Super Bowl but let's not act like they're uh, accustomed to kind of choking in the playoffs as well you know the NFC Championship last year if Jaquiski Tarts catches that ball they probably go to the Super Bowl again they've had their their flubs in the playoffs as well including you know blowing a 10-point lead in the Super Bowl yeah what do you think, Nate? Uh, seriously, this is an awful match for the Seahawks. I mean, <laughs> I I agree about the Purdy things, but like I on it, this is something I've been kind of thinking. Like the 49ers have made the like quarterback almost as obsolete as possible. Like the fact that you have Debo, IU, Kittle, and McCaffrey, two of those guys who could play running back or receiver, and they have like one of the best left tackles in the league and a good play caller. Like quarterback certainly will matter, and it'll be interesting to see if they can like ride that. But for this week, I don't think it matters at all. And, we I mean, these two teams have played twice. They haven't really been close in either game. I, I think the Niners roll. Yeah, I think the Niners roll, too. Defense is just too good. Their, their defense is just – and Geno, when Geno's pressured, Geno falls apart. You get Geno Tom, he looks decent. That's almost any quarterback right. in the NFL. But with pressure, that determines the, the good and the great quarterbacks. And the Niners are going to pressure them all day. And then they could just run the ball down, 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 down Seattle's throat. So I don't think it's close. I think the Niners just run through this game. I think the Niners was going to be a bad matchup for whoever got that, that, that seventh seed. It was just going to be bad no matter what. Giants, Vikings. I got Giants. Yeah, we, we, need, we, need to stop, <laughs> we need to stop calling it an, an upset if the Giants win this game. I mean, yeah. here, here's the thing. I, I do think, like, if you, if you were to take the top ten players from each team and, and stack them, like, I'm going to play the best player in this game, like, six or seven of them would be Vikings, right? Like, they, they have great players, but this team has told you what they are all along. They struggle on defense. And the, the Giants quietly, I know that they, you know, more or less are kind of a 500-level team, but they're they're very sneaky as far as situationally. They're very well coached. They're very disciplined. The defense can make plays. Um, you know, I, I just, this game is one of those that the Giants can absolutely win. I don't, I don't necessarily remember what the point spread is, but it can't be tremendously large for the Vikings. Yeah, I, I definitely think the Giants in this game, um, the only reason that I'm a little hesitant is the Daniel Jones thing. And if Saquon Barkley can be controlled, that makes their offense pretty one-dimensional. Like, you know, you're talking about Richie James stopping them. The pass rush for the Vikings isn't terrible. They do have some guys on up front that can get to the quarterback. But like anything with the Vikings, it kind of runs through Justin Jefferson, right? Um, if they can – we saw what the Vikings – or what the Packers did to Justin Jefferson a couple of weeks ago. If they can shut him down – um, that makes the blueprint a lot easier, but I'm, I'm going to take the Giants in this one. Yeah, the, uh, so the spread is three. Plus, so, uh, well, who's, who's uh, three? Min, 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 Minnesota minus three, you know, Giants plus three. Oh yeah, I'm I'm smashing. I'm smashing, yeah. smashing the Giants <laughs> in that situation. Over 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 and under is 48. It took it took a 61 yard field goal from the Vikings to beat the Giants just a couple weeks ago. That was not that long ago, you know. So um, that place can get rocking. Minnesota Stadium can. Like, they can really get into it. The only thing I'll say about the Vikings, man, is, like, they're a little bit like the 2019 Chiefs. They they will not say die. They are they are cockroaches. They keep coming back. They've come back from, like, 33 nothing. So if this game gets out to, you know, 14 nothing, they absolutely believe they can do it. And that, and that, that means something. Yeah. I'm taking the Giants too. I I I I really probably will never put my money where where Kirk Cousins is. I just can't do it. <laughs> like he 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 always flashes late, and like you said, they keep fighting. But of course, I mean, 
Daniel Jones is on the other side. I wouldn't. I don't necessarily want to put my money where, where he is either. But it, it's just a feeling. I just feel like the Giants is going to find a way to pull this out. Definitely, if, 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 if Barkley can get to rolling and, and and turn to how he was, how he started this season, I really think the Giants can can pull this game off. And I, you know, with it being plus three and negative three, it kind of shows that it's the same thing. They feel like it's more of an even matchup than most people might think. Yeah, there's right. two things you gotta do with the or the Vikings. You gotta just limit Justin Jefferson and pressure Kirk Cousins, and yep. the Giants can do both. And when those two things happen, they fall apart. They've fallen apart every single time that's happened this year. So I actually think the Giants win like fairly comfortably. I think this is not. I, I'm I'm out in the Vikings. Like they had a good regular season. Can't take that away from them, but they're not built to win playoff games. I agree. I agree with you on that. So Dallas, Tampa Bay. I have a hot take about this game. Actually, it's probably not a hot take. I think everyone's probably saying this, but like Denver Broncos fans should all be wearing silver and blue this week or whatever that color of pants that they the Cowboys wear. Because I'm telling you, if Mike McCarthy goes out and loses this game, as heavy as a favorite as they should be in this game against the like losing record or whatever they're basically losing record by the Buccaneers, he's going to be fired. Like, Jerry Jones is going to beat him to his office to start throwing his stuff out and hire Sean Payton, right? And ergo, that's why every Broncos fan should be a major uh, Cowboys fan this week. The, the The Cowboys are, they are just such an interesting team, right? They have these extreme highs and these extreme lows. I mean, last week it looked like they could not score a point. Dak Prescott is just turning the ball over at an alarming rate. I tweeted out that he is 19th in pass attempts in the NFL this year. Keep in mind, he was injured for a good chunk of time and leads the NFL in interceptions. Some of that's probably bad luck, but that's too many for it to just be bad luck, especially given the sample size, right? Like there's a definite trend there. We can all absolutely see the Buccaneers going in this game and out situationaling them. And Tom Brady, after the fourth, second and 10 run by Todd Bowles, he's like, no, 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 no. This is my game plan now, and they're just going to throw the ball 53 times, and uh, the you know the Cowboys are going to do something stupid, and they're going to turn the ball over, and they're going to run Zeke into a pile of dust for one yard on third down and eight or something stupid. Like it, it just feels like that type of game. Tom Brady's never lost to the Cowboys. I'm not necessarily sure what that means for this game. It's in Tampa. I know a lot of people are calling for this, but I'm I'm taking the Bucks here. Um, Tom Brady in the playoffs is just not something you want to bet against. I think that the Cowboys have just been so inconsistent on offense. And part of that is like how they're using Pollard and Zeke. And then part of that's like, do they get Dalton Schultz involved? I don't like the way Dak Prescott is trending. I think Sean Payton, you are a Dallas Cowboy. I agree with all that. I still can't buy the bucks. They should not be here. Like they barely beat the Panthers two weeks ago. Like if that like punt goes wrong they lose that game they barely beat the rams they barely beat the saints like this team's not good like i'm still not like they had one good game against the panthers and now everyone's like ready to crown them they have a bad this entire season they're they're a bad coached offense they're bad situationally all i understand all the warning signs about dallas going into this game and it makes sense and i i totally get it i just can't buy in the bucks like i just i still don't think they're that good like I, I've seen no evidence this year that they're a good team, and I'm not going to let one game against like the six and eleven Panthers influence the like fact that I don't think they're good. Like I don't think they've been good this whole year, and I think it ends kind of poorly. And we'll see where Brady goes next year, but I don't think like I think people are 
in my opinion, I think people are overthinking this because this is not the Bucks from the past two years. They're way worse now. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think the Bucks are a good team. I'll start there. I don't think the Cowboys are that good of a team either. I think the Cowboys have a great defense, and but even that goes up and down in, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion. I feel like they're the Cowboys are the are the more talented team. The Cowboys should win this game. I don't feel like they will though. I just feel like they're going to turn the ball over. They're going to continue to do that. Um, just make it, making mistakes that shouldn't be made. I think Mike McCarthy is going to call some crazy thing that probably shouldn't be called. Like they should win this game. If they do win this game, I will not be surprised. I'm like I can't believe the Cowboys won this game. And I don't feel like the Bucks are good. I just feel like they're going to they're going to find a way to keep this game close and winning in the end. It's kind of kind of how I see it going. Um, and I just can't bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs. And I just not 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 a like it's like. Somehow, some way, he snuck in because they're not a good team. But now that he's here, I feel like maybe I, I ain't trying to go too much on last game and feel like they turned their corner. I'm like, maybe they found something, <laughs> you know. So maybe they found something on at the last game of the season that may carry them to a three. I think whoever they play next week, they lose. But I do think they get past the, the, the Cowboys this week. So yeah, there there we have it. That's uh, that's all the games for this wild card weekend. Any other thoughts, guys? Just enjoy it, man. This is a great weekend of football. I know there's some heavy favorites, but there's only 13 NFL games left in the season. So cherish it, cherish it. Like before before yes. long, we're gonna be refreshing Twitter just to see if the Chiefs like have a new offensive coordinator or a new defensive coordinator, or like oh no, they have a new running backs coach. What does it mean? You know, like so right. cherish cherish it. It's only gonna be around here for so long. Games will be good, like one relax. way or another. <laughs> I'm just happy we can relax. <laughs> we can relax and just enjoy football and not worry about whether we're going home or going to the Super Bowl. So we, we can relax, Chiefs fans, and, and just watch some great football, critique every game to find out who our opponents is, is going to be, and just enjoy a, a great weekend. Like, like Price said, cherish it, man, because football season has come. And it's going away very quickly again. We'll be stuck with with no football very soon here. So again, good morning, Elston. You can follow me on Twitter at Reese Nichols. You can follow Nate at NateCH32. You can follow Price at Price Carter all on Twitter. You can also follow Earlhead Pride on Twitter as well. This is the Kingdom Keys. Until next week, we'll have some keys to you for victory for whichever team wins that the Chiefs might end up playing. We'll see y'all then. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.